Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, basketball has officially entered the second half of the season, and you gotta get in on the action with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code THPN during your sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, and like I said, with basketball entering the second half of the season, the Phoenix Suns are crushing it. One of the best teams in the Western Conference. They are rolling against the Los Angeles Lakers as I record this particular spot. You can go to DraftKings and you can build your lineup full of Phoenix Suns if you want to. Pop DeAndre Ayton in there. Pop Chris Paul. Roll with D-Book if you'd like. And when you sign up with promo code THPN, you can try and earn millions of dollars with those players. That's DraftKings and DraftKings.com. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, happy Monday, everyone. It's going to be a kick-ass week because, you know, we are, we're we coming off a nice Coyotes win, and that's the first time I can say that in, what, what four or five games? I don't know. They're all a blur at this point. So I'm just, uh, I'm really happy to, to actually be able to say that and to talk about that plus many Many other things per the usual. My wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, who kills those ad intros much better than I ever, ever could. Thank you. I appreciate that. That just goes to show you that I actually can read, contrary to some people's (laughs) belief. I can read, which is nice. Well, I I mean, that, that is a step up. There are plenty of people that I know and know of who cannot read to save their lives. I, in a scripted situation, just get really nervous about saying it like word for word and can't get it out. It all comes out jumbled. And and you know that very well from our early days of us covering ASU hockey. And um, I, little, little factoid for you guys, I never script anything i'll give myself bullet points of things i want to cover but i don't actually like script anything because if i do i will be 100 percent guaranteed to fuck it up <laughs> I, I i i'm with you there that's why we usually don't script a lot of our shows or we literally have like three bullet points every show and that's what we do other shows will like have full-on like more closer scripts and segments and what to talk about our show, not the case, as you could probably tell. And that's great. I love it. I love when podcasts do that, when they have a general outline, but it's not particularly scripted. Yeah, well, part, large in part because of the fact that, like, you lose a lot of personality when you're just straight up, like, reading some shit. Like, it sounds like, you know, an award show when you're like, and these artists have been, been very pop you learned this year, these are your top four top female pop singer or whatever. Like it's very like cheesy. There's no way to script something without it coming like 
super canned cheesy and it's and it's terrible to say it but it's very hard not to it either gets cheesy or boring i feel like um so yeah i prefer it this way too not to toot our own horn or anything <laughs> but i think that's why the sporting nation tunes into our show to because of the fact that we are a goddamn mess <laughs> i didn't say that you said that we are unscripted. We are all over the place. No, we are not a goddamn mess. I uh, I just like uh, making fun of ourselves a little bit sometimes. I, no, I think we're a lot of fun. We're what? What's the uh, whole thing? Uh, we're more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Is that what it, what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for dealing with our our weirdness, Sporty Nation. We we appreciate your love. And and your listens to the show, and uh, and once in a while we do talk coyotes on this show, and I feel like today's episode will be more coyotes than normal because we actually have some positive things to talk about, as opposed to like we had what four or five episodes there where it was just like it was just you and I crying and like barely getting through a show because we were so frustrated with this hockey team of ours. Well, yeah, and we had to talk about other things because, I mean, you can't hear us, like, crying profusely for, you know, an hour twice a week. It's just it doesn't work properly. So we've talked about a lot of things that, you know, don't pertain to the Coyotes in order to make it sound like we weren't miserable human beings watching those games. But we absolutely positively were. Um I mean, we, we still have our sporty question this week, though. So that's going to be, and I'm pretty excited about it. That's going to be an interesting um, sporty question, especially now that I've been on my, and I haven't been doing a very good job of it. I need to be trying harder for it, but I've been on my um, attempting to reacclimate myself to the amount of alcohol I need to survive a bachelorette party coming up this weekend. It came up so quickly. And I am not prepared. Yeah, you and I have talked about this. And um, and I, I feel like you'll be able to get back in here fairly quickly. I, I hope so. I made myself a... Um, I, I think we should name it. Because I, I Googled it. And I don't know if it exists. If it doesn't exist, then we should name it. I made a drink tonight that is a combination of my... Um, my homemade lemonade, um, some Patron, uh, lemon peel, and a float of Grand Marnier. This is probably the fanciest I've sounded in a long time. And um, it's, it's really fucking dope. Like, it is more on the citrusy side. So if you hate citrus, you wouldn't like it. But it's, it's very light, very, like, summery. And I really kind of like it a lot. Um it um it actually kind of reminds me have you you probably haven't have you ever been to um the cosmopolitan and had their special drink there no so at the cosmopolitan they have you take this drink you drink it one time and it's like super sweet i think it was or maybe it was super sour and then you eat this flower. It changes the like your taste buds. And then it goes from like sour to sweet or sweet to sour. I don't remember exactly what it was. And it changes it completely in your mouth. It kind of reminds me of that drink when it's sweet. 
That's interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. It it also numbs your tongue. I felt like a little bit, so it was it was a strange experience. Like I'm not sure I would do it like regularly, but it was fun to do it once. Like I'll have to definitely take you there and have you try it one time. Um, Cause yeah, that's that was actually really cool. Um, so that's what kind of reminds me of. But I don't know. We'll have to. Love to name it something. I'm kind of leaning towards something like either summery or something to do with a blonde, since I am blonde and it's like a um, yellowy color. It's kind of like a like a really hydrated piss color. I'm gonna be honest with you, um, because it's got lemonade in it, and then the Grand Marnier is a little bit like more orangey. So once you add it together, it kind of looks like a hydrated piss, but it tastes delicious. <laughs> I wish you could see my face right now, Corey. You have. Sometimes things come out of your mouth and and they just floor me. And that was one of them. Like, I, I, oh, you shouldn't describe an alcoholic beverage in that way. <laughs> just... Well, that's the problem. And that was one of the things that um, that this this poor new uh, co-worker of mine, I told him, I go, I'm really sorry. Like, sometimes the things I say are just very, like, upfront. And, like, you know... You, Rishi, you know me. I won't ever say, like, really, like, dick comments to people. But I will say, like, strange things like that. Like, it that looks like hydrated piss. Like, that's that's kind of the thing that comes out of my mouth when I don't mean to describe something that way. It's just what it is, I guess. That's, it's, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, although the drink does look and sound delicious. Oh, it is great absolutely delicious i i guess i could probably tweet it out on our sporty episode here and see if anyone wants to name it oh yeah that's that'd be a good idea so i'll, I'll tweet it out right now see if anyone wants to name my new drink um hopefully no one names it what i just called it so we'll see yeah <laughs> um yeah, I think that would be a that's the perfect segue into our sporty question, which you came up with tonight, Corey. Please reveal to the sporty nation, who may have not seen the the tweet, what the um what the sporty question is for tonight. The sporty question tonight is if you could only drink one alcoholic beverage for the rest of your life, what would it be? That was the, yeah, that's a great question. And it's a tough one. We've gotten some answers already. And, and I, let's, let's go. Why don't we go to the, we'll go to the answers first and then we'll reveal what you and I said. You always reveal your answers for real on the, uh, on the show. So, uh, let me read what we got so far here. Uh, we have Isha who, replied with both the just regular alcohol and cocktail and he said his alcohol is why borrow why borrow why borrow vodka and his cocktail is whiskey sour no egg white with a lime wedge now whiskey sours you know i love whiskey but um i don't i'm not a big whiskey sour guy though I 
don't think I've ever had whiskey sour a whiskey sour before. I don't believe so. Uh, yeah, I doubt you have. I doubt you have because it's kind of like an off the beaten path drink. It's not like a, a go to. Like my my go to, for example, if I'm drinking a whiskey drink, is usually an old fashioned, which is sweet. Normally, fairly sweet, and the whiskey sour is on the opposite end, where it is a little bit more sour. That's why, like, which is it's it's interesting, like, so. It, well, is it just like whiskey with bitters in it? Um, a whiskey sour? Yeah, I have no idea. This is how this is how idiotic I'm sounding. Is yeah. I don't know what's no, what's in whiskey because I I have to look, I have to look it up too. Whiskey sour is whiskey, lemon juice, sugar, and a dash of egg white or cocktail foamer. Egg white. Mm-hmm. This is not the direction I was thinking this is going in. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very, um, a very, it's a very popular drink for a lot of people. Um, I just don't drink them that often. So that was Isha's pick. Um, we also got State of Hoppy's pick. He says his alcohol choice is Blanton's or any variety of Weller. His favorite cocktail is Old Fashioned. Glad he agrees with me on that. And beer is anything but Miller Lite. What do you think of a Miller Lite? Uh, there's there's a lot of light beers that taste like water with a hint of beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of them that are that way. It's like it's like the seltzer of beer. Yeah, that's 100% true. And then we got one more from Carl who says, he just says scotch. Don't I can't disagree with him there either. But I so I actually had one of my favorite old fashions that I've had like recently, like I'll make them at home from time to time, but I cheat. I use like a mixer, uh, um, an old fashioned mixer basically. And, but I went to, uh, I went to this place called fine ash. It's a cigar lounge right there at Westgate with a couple of my friends the other night. And they have an old fashioned that is like top freaking notch it's so good because they like use it they like smoke the whiskey kind of basically and it's like oh my god it's so delicious i can't even hardly describe it it's so good i i one night i want to do um i i want to be very like gentleman-esque with you i just really want to do something that's very like fancy like something uh like an English gentleman would do. Because I feel like you have those like fancy vibes where you'll have those like those type of drinks that are that way and you'll have a cigar. Like I, I'm asthmatic, so I won't. I won't yeah, you can't do the cigar. That. Can't do the cigar but, thing. Absolutely. But but I do want to do, I want do want to feel fancy like that one night. I want you to show me the ways. I, I can absolutely do that because I also had I had a Sazerac, too, which I've never had before. At the at this particular uh, establishment, and a Sazerac is another whiskey drink, and I was like, "All right, cool, I'll try this" because I I haven't had it. It's another. I feel like I should be going and watching a polo match. <laughs> that's a, that's actually yeah, that's true. I feel like the Sazerac is basically a Manhattan but with whiskey. Okay, and it also sounds like Tesseract. It does, and you know what's you know what's funny. I'm glad you made that same joke because when I ordered it, 
on Friday night, both of my my buddies made the same joke. Like, are you? They were like, "Are you drinking a tesseract?" That's what. That's the, exactly where my my brain went to. You know what that would be? Okay. The tesseract would be a sazerac, but with blue carousel added. I love blue carousel, and and it's like, and I like blue carousel like in in an odd amount. Like, AMFs were okay with me because of the blue carousel. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, what the, it was really funny when um, someone in our sporty question said a Long Island iced tea would be like their one that they would like. Right. I, I don't know if I could handle like only having a Long Island. Like you would basically be committing yourself to like going hard every single time you drank. Like there is no middle. Right. Right. <laughs> that is like something else. Um. Wait a second. So did we ever say what yours was? Yeah. Old fashioned. Old fashioned. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. We got so deep down this uh, whiskey hole. I'm like trying to remember. Um, mine. I, I was thinking about this and I guess we didn't really specify whether it was a cocktail or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're not going in the cocktail side of things. Um, I would probably say, um, red wine, like any red wine. Cause I, that's probably the thing I drink the absolute most. Um, because outside of like my red wine, the only other thing I really drink is I drink my, um, Trace Amigos, uh, Ramones Reserve, like on the rocks. Um, so those are my kind of like two things. But if I had to choose like a cocktail, one cocktail I could only drink forever. I mean, Richie makes a really mean white Russian. So that's up there. Um, but that can be kind of like a little bit much, you know, very kind of filling. I love margaritas. Um, I th- This is probably going to catch you off guard. If I had to choose one cocktail that i could only like ever drink would be a mojito i can see that that's that's a good choice it's very mojitos are very refreshing yes and when you live in arizona it's just like oh fucking mojito i love mojitos they're fantastic they're refreshing they don't bog you down like a lot of like Mm -hmm. alcoholic drinks do and they have like the mint which kind of wakes you up a little bit it's a, it's nice. I I would probably say mojitos. You know what? You know what I miss. I'm glad you miss. You said you mentioned mojitos. Is because when you and I usually when we go to Dave and Buster's all the time pre pandemic, that would be like a go to for you. You would usually get like one of their mojitos. I feel like. Yes, absolutely. If someone makes a good mojito, and I'm willing to try a lot of different like flavored ones, right? They do a bunch of different like flavors in them, and some of them hit better than others but i'm willing to try like almost every flavor of mojito at least once i mean given as long as it's not something crazy like they're trying to make it spicy by adding like jalapeno or some shit but normally i i will try every um every flavored mojito possible just even if i don't like it i'll still try it once because i like mojitos that much um but yeah, no, that I actually do miss going to Dave and Buster's, and they they actually have a, a solid drink menu. Mm-hmm. I won't deny that they have a pretty cool drink menu. Some of the the stuff that they have there is is pretty cool. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. One of these days, one of these days we'll go back once everybody's vaccinated at some point later this year. That sounds like a COVID hellhole, to be honest with you, considering the fact that, like, people touch so much shit. Oh, yeah. For sure. Sounds awful. They're still, they're still open, though. People are still going there, which is just kind of crazy to me. Yeah, that is. That's insane. But, yeah, anyway, our sporty question is out on our Twitter page and Instagram, too. Corey Ritchie Show, Twitter and Instagram. Go find us. You know where to find us by now, I'm sure. All right, it is time. Let's dive into some Coyotes conversation, and where should we begin? Should we begin with the Anaheim Ducks? Should we begin? Should begin and end with the Anaheim Ducks? Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. Because it's it's the only thing that I ever want to talk about ever again was that last game against the Anaheim Ducks. I just feel like. There's there's a possibility it could go downhill from here again and that we might be riding this high of this last Anaheim Ducks game for a while. I feel you there. That's kind of how I feel. It's like we forget the Anaheim Ducks are dog shit. They're terrible this year. And how the Coyotes managed to fuck up that first game after they had a 2-0 lead just boggles my mind you know how angry i was after that i think i i think i texted you and cat in pure anger i was like i was like i didn't i don't it wasn't these exact words but like this is bullshit like this is really rock bottom for this freaking team getting beat by the ducks in overtime when you had a two nothing lead and luckily they came back and Derek broussard got a hat trick in the second game of all things and they kind of bounce back. But to answer your question, I, I have a feeling they're going to go right back down to earth because now it's two games against Colorado. So we had Who talked- have been kicking the shit out of Minnesota and we have all and we all saw how the Coyotes played against Minnesota. So if that uh, brings any um, uncomfortability to you, it should. Colorado outshot. Minnesota 55 to 20 in one of their games. And you also have to remember in this second game uh, that the Coyotes won against Anaheim, the shots on goal were even for each team at 28, only 28 against the Anaheim Ducks. Let that sink in. Yeah, that was their, that was their, one of their biggest problems is generating shots. They're one of the worst teams in the league at doing that, that the Coyotes are. And I have a feeling they're going to go right back to it against the, the Colorado Avalanche two games at home here coming up tonight on Monday and again on Tuesday night too in a back-to-back situation. But to spin it positively, what do we talk about going into those two games against Anaheim, which is these are kind of your get-right games for this team. And in a way, we kind of saw that in the second game where you started to have some of these players kind of break the schneid a little bit and put up five goals and you got your big game from Derek Broussard, who's been really non-existent for most of the season, honestly. And I wonder if if that game was enough to like get this team an injection of confidence that they've needed. 
because it just seemed like it was gone. Yeah, well, and I think, too, it helps to see... It helps the team to see someone else outside of that short leash line scoring. And that has been something that we've been talking about for God knows how long now is the fact that there needs to be more people scoring on this team because of the fact that that one line can't do it all. And especially when they are matched up against, um, you know, much better talent and much better first lines than them. Um it becomes very difficult to get the proper matchup and to get them to actually score when that's all you're relying on. So to actually see um, Broussard come out and get a hat trick of all things, it was um, honestly baffling. I was with, um, with your roommate, Richie, uh, mm-hmm. Catherine Silverman, and, and she literally like her kid dropped a bowl of nuts and uh, she hit a, a high-pitched noise that I haven't heard from her in, in probably ever um, because of the fact that, you know, we weren't expecting it, but it was very delightful to see. And it doesn't happen much with this team, and at least it's something. You know, we're moving in a correct direction. Uh, it was, of course, nice to see Jacob Chikrin with a goal because any any defensive goals are very welcomed at this point and uh to see we've as we talked about before he was one of our people that we we would say would be um you know untradeable so we any any of those players it's very, very nice to see consistency out of them but i think the biggest takeaway is seeing someone like Derek Broussard really you know, showing up in this game. Yeah, and the question then becomes, is he going to be able to continue that? He now has on the season just seven goals on the season in 20-plus games, which is wild. You take a look at his total stats, he's got 13 points in 31 games, which is not the greatest, albeit similar to his production in the past with his previous teams. Um, Like as we talked about before last year, he put up 32 points in 60 games. So he's a little bit short of of that production there, but yeah, he's Derek Broussard has really underperformed all season long, but I want to go back to Jacob chicken for a second because I feel like we should just dedicate our show to him from now on. Cause I love watching him play so much. Like I'm trying to be, we're trying to be positive here and if we talk about Jacob Chicken, we can only say positive things about him. I like to refer to him as Chick Norris, of course. And he has 21 points on the season, which is 14th in the entire NHL in points by defensemen. And that's pretty good, if you ask me. If you just look at goals, he has eight goals on the season, which is fourth in the NHL, which is more goals than Victor Hedman which is more goals than um, John Klinberg, Brent Burns, Shea Weber, Seth Jones, P.K. Subban, Nate Schmidt, Alec Martinez, Keith Yandel, has more than all of those guys. John Carlson, he has more goals than John Carlson, too. So, were, you, were you pausing after Keith Yandel on purpose? Yeah, of course. <laughs> he, he deserves a nice pause. And 
Yeah, so Chick Norris, who, like you said, Corey, 100 career points now as a defenseman. Congratulations, Jacob Chikrin. Like, just just keep doing you, buddy, because you're one of the few bright spots on this team so far this season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's, again, people are probably going to hate me for uh, hating on OEL again, but this is what we would have liked to have seen out of OEL. Um, basically, Chikrin has asserted himself as the latest and greatest better version of what OEL is supposed to be on this team. So it's very nice to see that when um, your captain doesn't step up, at least someone else steps up. Um, I know that's kind of harsh to say, but um, people need to be stepping up on this team because they are, are melting fast and who they are playing really terrible against is central division teams that they will be moving into later later next season so i you have to realize that if big things don't happen with this team this could be a consistent future for this team so people have to either start stepping up or they have to clean house there that's the only two ways you can go about it and i have a feeling that the cleaning house is going to happen and they're going to be near the bottom of the central because not a lot of this team is going to be returning with so many expiring contracts. There's going to be a lot of turnover in this team. It's going to be a team that is going to be looking to kind of recoup some draft assets and restocking their system. And it's going to be another two to three year process of trying to contend for a playoff spot once again. And going into the Central isn't going to help, albeit, like we've talked about in the past, even the Pacific. The Pacific's going to be pretty tough, too, because you got guys like your. We just watched Trevor Zegras and, and Jamie Drysdale score their first goals for the Anaheim Ducks, right? And then you have some of the guys coming along for the LA Kings and how they've improved just this season alone, and they've kind of overperformed a lot of people's expectations this year. And so I remember talking at one point like, well, okay, well, maybe going to the Central is a good thing because you have your teams like your St. Louis and your Dallas and some of these older kind of teams and your and your Chicago's too, who, who they, a lot of their players are getting older and they're kind of in a transition period where maybe they'd be able to take advantage of it. But then you also have your Minnesotas and your Colorados who are rising. So – I mean, it's it's like we've talked about in the past. It's kind of unfair that the Coyotes are moving to the Central. And you make it more unfair with how this team, the Coyotes are going to be entering a kind of two- to three-year transition period for for a couple of years here as they as they try to kind of regain their footing and, and rebuild their roster. Because, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of turnover from this season to next season. And I think there's going to be some big names on the trade block too. And... And I have a feeling that, like we talked about, I wonder if they start receiving calls on Clayton Keller. We already know that they tried to deal off Rick Malarson in the last offseason, right? We we know that Auntie, we're pretty sure that Auntie Ronto is not going to be back next year. 
And then Darcy Kemper is going to be entering the final year of his contract coming off of injury. So, like, what do you do with him? Do you try and try and get something for him in a season that you know is going to be kind of a transition rebuild type of year next year? So, yeah, there's a, I think we're just going to get more and more questions and answers as we move along this season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have been, and, and I want people to really seriously think about this, we have been in a situation of more questions than answers ever since they went into the bubble. Once the Chica news dropped where it was like, you know, he was leaving, not really sure what had happened and all that stuff. Soon as that dropped, so many questions have arisen from this team and it hasn't stopped. It has been a roller coaster of emotions. Like this team has been the epitome of what 2020 was ever since then. And it's been so up and down and no one really knows the direction that the team is going in. No one really knows what's going on behind the scenes and how, um, you know, they're really feeling about building this team out in the future. But I can tell you one thing for sure it's going to include a lot more size and skill because there is not enough size and there's not enough skill. And this team plays such bad hockey, has such bad matchups against a decent amount of, of the central division. The only team that I would honestly say the Coyotes tend to do decent against is, is the Blues. They seem to be able to get under their skin and be able to really um, give them some hell. So that is the only team that I can look at in that division and be like, yes, the blues is one that they, they'll be, they're able to be basically little shits against them and really antagonize them. And that is, um, and Clayton Keller only seems to really, really show up for those games as well. When you see his full talent, it's usually in games against St. Louis. So when you have a team that doesn't match up well against, you know, 90% of your, um, of your division that you're going to be moving into. That's not good prospects for you going forward. So they're definitely going to have to make some large changes. And like I've said before, there's plenty of people I think on this team who have more in their tank. If they were to be put in better situations, if they were to have, different um line mates i was actually having a discussion uh with scotty the other day uh we were talking about dvorak and how we we feel like if dvorak had had extra help he would be a better player and that's and i think that's where a lot of um this team is at in the fact that they don't have the support they're all mediocre <laughs> sorry, in their own right. And they need um, someone that can push them to another level instead of allowing them to all just basically sit at this subpar level that they will never really get above. And I think we kind of felt that way at the end of the Minnesota series, but we definitely felt that way after watching that first game against Anaheim. We had said that we thought that that Minnesota series was probably their lowest point um, 
and the only way we said that they could get lower was to blow it against a bad team like Anaheim. And since they did, I would have to say that's probably their lowest point. And as much as they were able to score goals and, and then as great as that was in that second game against Anaheim, which absolutely was, um, because that's what you really need. It's still not looking good in the fact that they only had 28 shots on goal, considering the fact that they have been gripping their stick so fucking hard and not able to take and aren't taking shots when they should be. And so um, I don't think that problem has been solved. I just think they were playing an easier team. And once they play a team like Colorado, it's just going to be absolutely amplified. And, um, you know, as we mentioned, Minnesota really shit the bed against them. Um, So once you know, the Coyotes come in and they play a team that just went one five to one and six to nothing against the wild. They're going to be on another high and ready to basically tear into the Coyotes. So it'll be very interesting to see how they react coming off this win. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a very big test for this team. Because here's the thing. They now have reset expectation against Colorado, right? Where they're going into these games with essentially no expectations. And so I feel like in a way, they can play those games against Colorado with no pressure. Do you kind of get what I'm getting at here? Yes, there is the pressure of the bigger picture of you know losing five out of your last six games. But I'm not expecting them to play well against Colorado. Right, and I don't think they are either. So they have to kind of go in with an attitude of, of, of their underdog attitude, right, and and go about it that way, and then maybe shock the world again, like they did in that in one of those games against Colorado, right, and where they managed to get the win, and we were like, How the fuck did they do this? This is crazy, right? I think that was the game when when our Ronta game, right, where we did the forty five minute episode on Ronta. And yeah, and that's and there is a tendency for teams to look at the Coyotes and get complacent, and that was definitely one of those games. And of course, on Toronto, that's why we, um, you know, basically made our show off of him because of the fact that he he played a brilliant game that night. And so I wonder how much of that is going to kind of play into these next two games, and. You know, we always like to set our expectations. So just like I'm just like, man, just get one fucking point. Just force them to overtime in one of those games and, and just and get out and just move on and go play a bad San Jose team at home and, and do your best to whoop up on that team that's another garbage team this year too and playing way below their expectations. I feel like we need to have one more thing to mention about this that last Anaheim game, which is – they score a power play goal, Corey. We need to have like, where's the champagne music? Where's the party music here? And that is, uh, that in itself is 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 so. I would like to say relieving, but it's not necessarily relieving. It's more in the fact that it's it's so like about fucking time, you know. Because of the fact that it had become comical how bad the power play had looked and how long it had been since they scored a power play goal. So uh, 
I, I would love to be more happy about it, but it, it's almost comical that it took that long. I have no idea how long we can play this song for. I think we can play it for 30 seconds before we get in trouble. This is our party music for the Coyotes start actually scoring a power play goal. Let's go. Okay, that's enough before we get what, in trouble. What are we, in high school? When did that come out? Did that come out? Party Rock Anthem came out, I think, when I was in high school, right? So I think I was like a junior or senior, so... <laughs> Um, Party Rock Anthem, let's see here, came out in 2011. Oh, so I was out of high school by then. You were out by then. I was still in high school. I didn't um, graduate until 2012. So I was was still in high school. That's why I thought that that was in high school. But bringing that, it back that's why i decided to play for the party music that's the i i already just typed in party into the system here and that's the first song that came up so i was like all right cool i'll just i'll just i'll just play that i'll just play party rock uh-huh yeah there's all we have party in the usa here we have party girl we have party from eddie murphy which is really funny um but yeah anyway i think we should celebrate the fact that the coyote scored a power play goal for the first time in like two weeks and they're going to need to do that again against Colorado if they want to stick around and at least give Colorado, play Colorado well and try and force them to make mistakes, kind of like what you're talking about. Well, I got one more Coyotes thing before we say goodnight, Corey. I, it's, it's- also, really quickly, though, I do want to mention I the bright side of it, though, as much as they didn't score any power play goals, at least it wasn't my same worry that I was having um the year before which was please can we just stay even strength because i was so concerned they would be giving up shorthanded goals <laughs> yeah it was it was like a like a virus that they had it was consistent and i would literally get nervous when other teams would take a penalty i'm like Oh no, let's not do this. Not today, not tonight. I like if that would make my nerves get shot. So at least it's not at that level, but it's still not great. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we got we got one more one more story here. It's about Connor Garland. And I I I don't think there's much to this other than I feel like this is what teams do is around the trade deadline is they cold call teams and just like talk about players that aren't necessarily going to be traded, but they ask about them anyway, because you never know. And there was a report from Elliot Friedman that said this about Connor Garland saying, I'm hearing Arizona has been asked about him and it's not something I think they really want to do, but if the offer is big enough that it allows them to restock, I think they're going to at least consider it. Trading Connor Garland is crazy, isn't it? I feel like it's just like out of the question at this point. I feel like it's crazy, but I also uh, feel like this team is desperate. You're in such a shitty situation with all of the trade, or the trade, the uh, draft uh, picks that had to be given up because of the, you know, everyone knows. Don't even need to mention it. The thing that we do not mention. Um, and... So I think there's so little that this team can really do and 
can scrounge up that they're desperate for whatever they can get. And if they can get something big for him, I still think they would do it. I wouldn't particularly like it. It would have to be like atomic big for me. But like, I I don't know. I don't, I would not like to see him go. I have been really, really impressed by him this year. But I could see them doing it if it's big enough that they really feel that it could um, re-bolster what they lost. It's the it's like the adage of the stock market, buy low, sell high. And that's kind of what they would be doing if they decided to trade Connor Garland is they'd be selling him at his highest point. And you can understand why that sounds appealing for a team in a certain situation. All right. Well, um, it is now 10 o'clock, Corey. It's been a long day for me. I'm still here at the radio station, so I feel like it is about time that we wrap up the show here. Do you have any final thoughts before we say goodnight? Um, not, nothing other than the fact that I need you guys to go to our Twitter. Tell me what to name this drink. It's been delicious. Um, I'm, I'm like two-thirds of the way through it, and uh, I'll have to make it next time Richie comes over. So be prepared, Richard. I'm I'm very excited to try it. I hope you wrote down the recipe so you remember it. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> All right, uh, Sporting Nation, follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show on Instagram at Corey Richie Show. Follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at Our Flores ninety one. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Download the DraftKings app, DraftKings.com promo code THPN. All that good stuff. Until next time, Sporty Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.